Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. Carl, we're going to revisit a theme this week. We uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, we did um, Johnny Carson and highlighted his his life and his channeling that you've done with him. Today, we're going to do comedian Robin Williams. Robin comedian. Williams is obviously a very fascinating individual. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, comedian and actor. And that's probably yes. how most people know him as, as actor self. And this is part of our series we've done with many, many light beings channeling them from the light with creator's help so they can tell their stories and answer questions we bring to them as a continuing living witness to this human drama. They're in the light now. They were here once. They left a mark. And they can tell us a lot now about the times they lived in, the things they witnessed, the things that happened to them personally, and shed new understanding on the problems people face because each person has their own challenges and there's a lot of similarities so we can gain a lot of wisdom by talking to someone who's now back in the light and has that broader perspective and so he shared lots of things about what troubled him and the the problems he faced and I know it applies to many so I think this will be eye-opening for people. Absolutely. I am. A lot of people marvel at the fact that somebody who appears to have everything in life, you know, fame and fortune and money and family and everything else would, would have difficulty, you know. Yes. But this is, a, this is an object lesson here, and it's going to be a very interesting one to follow. Yes. Well, let's get started. Let's get into this, Carl. Uh, you asked uh, creator... Director Chris Columbus, who directed you in Mrs. Doubtfire, we're actually talking to Robin Williams, I just sent right. a creator, but this is directed at Robin Williams because this is the channeling that you've done, which is actually on Get Wisdom. You can actually go watch the, the channeling. Uh, you asked Robin Williams, director Chris Columbus, who directed you in Mrs. Doubtfire, says that watching your work was a magical and special privilege. His performances were unlike anything any of us had ever seen. They came from some spiritual and otherworldly place. Where does this talent come from? Were you divinely inspired in your acting and or comedy performances? All right. And this is what Robin Williams told us. All the questions you raise are true. The talent comes from the light. It all comes from creator. Every human being, every creature was a creation and owes something to creator consciousness for its origin and its maintenance and its makeup. It is all an extension one way or another. Everything has consciousness within. It is a question of how much and what form and in what way it can impinge on other consciousness in its neighborhood. When I came into life, I was coming from a state of being in the light. You are all light beings when you're not here and your capabilities are vastly greater than you ever exhibit as a physical human being. In my case, I had an extra component of light being capabilities. That is what made me so different to the people I interacted with and why my energy was greater, why I was indefatigable and why I was inexhaustible. It was like putting a gallon of honey in a pint jar. 
I was spilling over every day. And at times that did exhaust my physical apparatus. So I was still mortal. I was human. It's that I had a better connection to the higher realms than average. All in the light have senses of humor, and it is a way of life for the light being to point out what's funny in a situation, a circumstance, an event. This is because it is another way of rebalancing things and of learning. So when you can look at something and laugh at it and laugh with those involved directly, all are raised up. Because all at once see the truth and the differences from the truth and get the point. And that is something that can result in exuberance and joy. It doesn't have to be a feeling of lack or disappointment having made a mistake in some way. It is the mistakes of life that transport you forward and create the best learning. And that is why the humor is the antidote. Because it is the new awakening that is being celebrated in the realization there was a disparity for a time, and that has been restored and transcended, and now, and how joyous that is. And so I was exhibiting from a very young age that quick mind, because I was in tune with the higher realms. My life mission was to bring greater awareness to people about the realities of the divine, not to do it in a religious setting but in a secular one. Religion is simply ritual to make a point about divine principles. Divine principles are a part of the fabric of the universe and can be adopted by anyone who is tapped in, who has a connection to their divine origin. They will sense it. They will perceive it for what it is and exhibit it in what they do. I own up to my human faults and ask for everyone's forgiveness who knew me in a bad way at a bad moment in my life. But that was my origin and purpose and where I was coming from. And I was guided all along the way to seek truth and to, as far as I could, advance the cause of truth. This is what humor does at its best. It skewers the pompous, those putting on airs, those exhibiting falsehoods, those hiding behind ritual and the trappings of material accomplishment and lowering them to their true level. It has a purpose for learning and growth. Pointing out the emperor has no clothes is always serving the light. And that was what I was attempting to do all along the way. (laughs) He was quite, quite effective. He was amazing. Um, But it can be pretty hazardous sometimes to tell the emperor he's got no clothes. Well, that's the fine line that... uh, People in the comedy world walk every day. They're largely shielded because everyone just says, well, it's just a joke. It's not to be taken seriously and you're overreacting and this sort of thing. But it can also be used as a weapon. It can be used to tarnish someone, to attack and undermine them in a way that really isn't appropriate or deserved. So this is all about divinity And he's speaking from a lofty place and setting out the idea that there needs to be a balance. Yes, absolutely. And and this is a really wise perspective, you know, not something you might expect from a Robin Williams, you know, who was a Hollywood guy and so forth and did a lot of comedic turns. and, And they were, many of them, very poignant and heartfelt. But, uh, you know, he was not a a prophet per se, a sage, 
or a guru, but in the light, everyone is. Yes. <laughs> that's what these channelings demonstrate. Well, he had a imp- pretty impressive resume down here. Some of the movies he involved with were quite thought-provoking. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you asked Robin Williams, your ability to literally create the persona of your characters suggests that many times there was a close personal identification. You are known to cherish your children. Was this a factor in your portrayal of Mrs. Doubtfire in the heartfelt scenes of you entertaining children? And do you have any perspectives about children's entertainment that you can share from your perspective as a light being? Yes, and you know, we could have asked about his role as uh, Mr. Keating in that prep school where it was kind of uh, backward-looking, very authoritarian, good, very high-bound. Was that Goodwill Hunting? No, no, no. That was no. Uh, that was a different. I forget the title of it offhand. But he he played a, a t- an English teacher who was unconventional. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was dealing with real feelings, real truths about life, and he ultimately lost his job for encouraging a young person to follow his dream. And uh, there was a family tragedy, and he was blamed. So, but it it has to do with education. So here we go. This is what Robin Williams says about the idea of doing right by children, basically. <clears throat> so does he have a perspective to share? Well, he says, indeed I do. And be careful what you ask for. You may be here all day. <laughs> I will do my best to keep this to a reasonable length and being mindful of your desire to have a manage- manageable session and cover the questions of interest. This is near and dear to my heart because, first of all, this entire subject is the closest to my life mission, which is to raise people up. And who needs it more than the young who come in eager, impressionable, full of life with an open book and capabilities that may start out as almost boundless? And then what happens? They are squelched. They are squeezed down to fit a role in an institution, ordered about, almost militarized with ritual. Lining up in rows, being quiet, always watching the teacher, always listening, never talking, and focusing on what the teacher wants all day long, every day, over and over and over again. This is entirely faulty in its design and is intentional, which is the heartbreaking component. Humans are taught to be minimal learners and minimal expressions of their potential. They are taught by their institutions, and it is a process of suppression and subjugation to break their spirit, and if necessary, hold them up to ridicule. And it works beautifully because people become passive, almost robot-like by surrendering their will. They may daydream, but that is the only rebellion they allow themselves. It is almost entirely make-work, a kind of punitive repetitious bringing, binging and purging of facts that have little value in the knowing and little relationship to real life and in settings where all the things that count values, morality, ethics, and spirituality are not allowed to be expressed very much at all because that is an extension of the dogma about separation of church and state that the learning institutions believe themselves to be separate and above such concerns, that they are best left to family to shape ideas of that sort and ignore the fact that all of those values and attributes and spiritual longings and the desire to express them are not meant to just take place between a child, its mother, and its father, 
and perhaps a sibling or two or six or 16. It is meant to apply to all of life. This is what is missing. Your divinity is an extension of the consciousness of creator. It literally demands of you the expression of a spiritual perspective at all times, in all things, in all ways. To disallow it is tying your hands behind your back, as well as denying who you truly are, and then you are diminished. So the entirety of the educational system is devoid of a foundation and a means of execution in line with the way people truly learn and what their purpose is to exist in the first place. Everything needs to be reworked from top to bottom. And so although I was not a perfect father because of my human foibles, I did cherish my children and desired them to have the best from life they could find. And I loved them deeply, and I still do. And I know the greatness within them and the divinity within them. And this is the great loss that is completely unrecognized by human society, that all are divine and all are special and all need to be raised up to be given opportunity and freedom, not restriction, not limitation, not narrow perspectives and arbitrary, repetitive, mundane tasks that do little to enhance the being. You are here to create. You are here to express and to have an interplay with many other beings. To spend the first third of life passive, being indoctrinated with the so-called education, is a form of imprisonment. It is that simple. Well, that's <laughs> really putting it bluntly. Um, well, it, I agree with him, of course. Statement. Well, and this is creator's view of education. So it's not surprising to me that he brings this forth. <clears throat> I was thinking as I was reading his words, that movie I was trying to find the title for was Dead Poets Society. Oh, Dead Poets Society, yes, yes. Yes, and it's a, it's a movie well worth watching of everyone on the planet. Because I think it beautifully crystallizes this description of education as one that's authoritarian, autocratic, and rigid, and very much canned, and almost kind of ritualistic, sticking to old ideas, old concepts, narrow perspectives, and diminishing the ability and the opportunity to be individually creative. And that gets stifled. You know, any time a, a, a child speaks up, they're likely to be met with dismissal or opposition in some way or another, unless it's putting them through their ropes and they're, they're asked to jump, you know, by the teacher and then they have to summon up a fact or give an opinion about something. So th- there's, there's much room for improvement in the world and in society. Indeed. You know, we're not uh, spring chickens ourselves, Carl, and school wasn't that great when we went, but I'd boy, it's a lot worse now. <laughs> yes, yes. You asked Robin Williams, what was your transition like, and can you describe what you experienced following your suicide and becoming an earthbound spirit? All right, and this is what he tells us. This was, in a sense, a desperation in process, and the moment of transition was a release because I was released from the physical body. I was released from all physical sensation and the way in which I had previously experienced anxiety and fear. This is what I 
what I had anticipated and wished to see happen, thinking there would be an end, though with no more struggle. It was not the act of a crazy person. I was not a youngster any longer. But what I found quite quickly was that my awareness was continuing, and I began to think about, first, a prior existence. That was the karmic awakening that had been ongoing all the while, and as I focused on it, I created new inner torment about it. So this is complicated to convey, but it is also an illustration of why people in spirit form are not themselves. They no longer have eyes. They no longer have anything that can sense, touch, feel, and the emotions are different and come from a different kind of creation. And this is why spirits get stuck and can become trapped readily. They usually do not know or understand where they are and may not even know they are dead. This was true for me. I was reliving that past life for quite some time and was being attacked and pummeled and hounded by dark spirit beings about all of it. This was the state of being when I was rescued and talked to your channel intuitively. And I did indeed joke with him about becoming a human kumquat. And that was my humor, still there in a minor way, but very much speaking to the dilemma and the focus of my conscious awareness, such as it was. It was on impairment, very much the issue of impairment. So each person has their own variation on a theme, but this is an all too common consequence of being unprepared for transition. It should be a joyous awakening and a joyous transition to better things, better times, better experiences, and above all, a return to the loving creator in the light with one's loved ones in a glorious reunion. Getting from here to there is the trick. So get ready. Your turn will come too. Well, we see this theme all the time in the Get Wisdom Project. Uh, when you... When we talked about the channeling of um, Johnny Carson, it was a similar thing. People are passing in despair or anxiety, fear, sadness, you know, grief. And uh, this is not the way to go, we're we're being told and learning quite, uh, quite forcefully, actually. Well, and it can determine what happens next. And this is the piece that people are missing. So they're not thinking about that. They're not preparing for making an eventual passage back to the light. They have to have a raised vibration to get back into the heavenly realm. So when they pop out of their body, they're pretty much in the same state of affairs as when they were in the body at yes. first. Yes. And, and then it can go one of two ways. It can get better or it can actually get worse. So there needs to be some coaching about how to do this well. And so we do spirit rescues for people's loved ones all the time. And we've helped many people that I personally uh, care about, like Robin Williams. You know, a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks after he killed himself, I decided one day, I better check and see if he's okay. And he wasn't. He was in the lower astral plane. He was an earthbound spirit still. And he was suffering. And, and I had a conversation with him and and found what was going on in the travails he faced. So it, it was it was a blessing to him to have this done. 
Absolutely. Earthbound spirits are ghosts, right, Carl? We're in the yes. month of Halloween, so this is not a not an off topic. Uh, yep. Coming up on a break, be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com. Carl talked about the spirit rescues. You can actually uh, engage us for a spirit rescue for uh, a loved one or somebody that you know or are concerned about. You can find it on our website under healing. There's a healing item on the menu, and you can explore there and um, sign up for that service. Uh, also, check out our book on prayer, getwisdom.com slash prayer. And uh, we'll be back with more on Robin Williams and why he committed suicide right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We're talking about the life of Robert Robin Williams, his uh, physical life, his life immediately following his passing, and now his life as a light being. We're going to examine uh, his suicide and why he needed a spirit rescue, Carl. Okay, well, this, this is a, a teachable moment, and I'm glad we're having an opportunity to do this. I reached out to him through compassion, and I actually was a witness to the karmic underpinnings as part of the healing work that I did for him to raise him up enough so that he could cooperate with the light callers and get him to the light. And he speaks to that time and place where the things I saw happened to him and what it meant at the time and how it haunted him his whole life. It's, it's a fascinating story. And it's a, it's a cautionary tale about the unhealed problems we all carry inside as part of essential work to do while we're here and you can get help with that just like we help with people all the time absolutely well let's dive right into it you asked robin your passing was a shock to the world for those who knew and loved you as a brilliantly quick-minded and inventive performer and yeah it was a shock for me too I, i remember it quite vividly can you share with us the reason for your suicide and describe whether your prior karmic history played a role in what happened All right, and this is what Robin Williams tells us. My life 
gradually began to exhaust me for the first time. And this was extremely disconcerting for me and mysterious as well. It went undiagnosed for quite some time, and I turned to drugs and then alcohol as a way to cope with the growing disconnect between my ability to function and the outcome as I judged it and measured it against prior achievements. The people close to me saw my substance abuse as the reason for my apparent decline. But what was really happening was an alteration within my mind itself. And this was entirely due, entirely due to karmic events, mostly in prior lifetimes, where I faced adversity and was dragged down and suffered tremendously as a consequence. And the reason for this was, in prior lifetimes, I had circumstances where I was impaired mentally later in life, and the memory of those experiences was recallable. And this is true for all individuals. The deep level of the mind surveys the records on file of prior incarnations. It is seen by the mind itself as a continuum because, in fact, it is a continuum. I had been plagued during my life with these fears and confided it in others at times. This too was the rumbling of my karmic history. The deep subconscious is always worrying about where it's been, what has happened, what may come again. And the most recent and painful experiences have the most influence and impact because they are fresh and they are concurrent as well because the past is not truly in the past. It is simultaneous. This is a metaphysical reality few know about, but all lifetimes are proceeding pretty much in unison in actual reality. They are perceived as a linear sequence, but they are truly not linear. They are overlapping. And so there is an interchange of awarenesses, and the emotional and energetic consequences of that awareness will affect the person in a deep way. I was highly sensitized to the issue of becoming impaired and have a downward trajectory intellectually. And that history is what propelled me towards ending my life. The irony is it closely paralleled my most recent life incarnation. In that lifetime, I had an unfortunate accident where I was playing in a barn loft and fell off the edge. And as bad luck would have it, Instead of perhaps spraining something or even breaking an arm or leg, my neck caught a loop of rope hanging from the wall and it went around my neck and I hung there for quite some time. And it injured my vertebrae and caused an injury to the spinal cord. And I had a paralysis as a consequence, but did not die. I was rescued but then lived my life essentially as an invalid and suffered tremendously because in that life as well, I was highly active, highly energetic, and had many, many plans, all of which were destroyed by becoming an invalid. And I had cognitive impairment as well because there was a deficit in circulation from the neck being so constricted for quite some time. So I lived a life when I had enough awareness to know I was impaired, but not enough to have any semblance of normality. And it was gruesome. I spent many years in that condition and was neglected and ill-treated as well. This is a cautionary tale for all who have a person in their family in this condition. Even if they are comatose, there is within them the presence of the mind still. 
This is not known to science as yet. But I can tell you from my personal experience, I was intact and aware fully of my situation in that prior life when I looked to be essentially a vegetable because I was unable to communicate. So that was my backdrop in prior history. And it was remembering that event with such horror that caused my spirit meddler attachments in my current life to make me fear that eventuality of dying as a vegetable. This is what I saw developing for me with the impairment cognitively that had been increasing and worsening. And I decided to end things. And the suggestion was given to me to do it in the fashion I chose, to hang myself. And this, as it turned out, was quite diabolical. It was a karmic setup to completely recapitulate prior events and bring screaming back all of that pain from the past into the present. And I left my body with my death thinking about that prior life and its anguish as well as current life. They were twin experiences, a double dose of torment. And when I emerged from the body, the spirit attachments, very, very dark demonic energies, kept attacking relentlessly, savaging me, taunting me, berating me, mocking me, and threatening me. It went from bad to worse. Because now the totality of my mind and experience was confronted directly by these dark beings. Whereas before it was a deep recess within me, I was not consciously aware of. So this is an all too common state of being when people transition from their physical existence. If they are impaired in some way and despondent in particular, they will be overwhelmed with the negativity of these low beings in the lower realms beyond the physical state. And this will hold a person back. It had been too long since I was in the light. Too many years of neglect, unawareness, disconnection. So I was a sitting duck for the dark hordes in the dark realm. And that was the state of being I was in when you came to find me and raised me up. Without that, I would be there still, suffering and tormented horrifically. And I cannot speak too strongly about this. And all my fellow sufferers, I see now trapped in that lower astral realm who struggles still. This is a ghastly state of affairs. And this alone speaks to the reality that your religious, that your religions purporting to represent the divine, to raise everyone up and provide answers for living, have been corrupted and are no longer serving. Because this should be a major focus. There should be a function of teaching and an outreach to not only educate, but having everyone do prayer work for their loved ones and for the many others without loved ones to pray for them, to raise them up, bring healing for them so they can complete their transition. So this is what I can convey to you, that all of your existence plays a role in who you are, where you are, who you are with, and what you are doing. This is true all along the way in your life from start to finish and beyond. Because I guarantee you, there will be a beyond. You do not die with death of the body. You go on, or you stay close by and flounder. There are many choices, and they are all yours to make. This speaks to the need for preparation, 
planning, setting an intention, and most of all, being in divine alignment with everything you say and do to keep your energy high, keep your divine connection vibrant and a part of you and how you think. It is there for the asking, but you must ask. This was my failing. I failed to ask. Wow, that is a... (laughs) That's a dark tale and shared by somebody that we all know and, and feel basically a personal connection to. You know, uh, well, it's- I've, I've seen this and heard it many, many, many times. I've seen it firsthand intuitively. I've talked to the spirits while they're earthbound. I've witnessed their, their ascension to the light. And I've talked to them afterwards to get a retrospective look at what they went through personally and it meant to them and felt like. And this is a fairly typical tale, what he is describing, as ghastly as it is. So this this is a warning to wake up, pay attention to this aspect. And it's, it's a disservice to not do so. And I know that some of the churches used to pray for the dead as a yes. part of services. Yes. And it's was, being done less and less so, I understand. Yes, I, I was raised Catholic. And I, I have to go all the way back to when I was maybe six or seven years old for the last time that I remember um, an emphasis being made to pray for those in purgatory. Ah, yes. And purgatory was, you know, the, the place between heaven and hell that people got stuck. Good people, you know, not terrible people, but people that weren't quite ready for heaven, which is interesting angle and uh, yeah. it was, we were reminded to pray for them because praying would help we didn't weren't told how it would help or why it would help but we were told that it would help and that it was important to do they stopped doing that oh, decades ago like i said about six or seven is the last time i remember even hearing that yeah and very sad because it it can be an answer this can happen through prayer alone yes. but sometimes spirits are in such terrible shape that a simple prayer isn't enough. They need some active hands-on healing work done, but still the requests must come from the human side. The spirits themselves will have no idea what's going on or how to fix it. They need an advocate to speak for them. And that's why we use our Lightworker Healing Protocol in full with all of the healing tools it contains to go to work on behalf of these spirits and fix their karma, fix the dark spirits around them to remove those from the picture, give them a breather, and then begin to rebuilding their connection to who they truly are and raise the vibration. And then things can go smoothly. So we have many steps in the process and all of it helps to raise the vibration and help them cooperate with the light callers. And this is not a small thing and it's not a piece of cake. So it can take some real expertise to yeah. get it done effectively, but you got to start somewhere. And there, there's many more people out there and many more people struggling than I as a practitioner can help independently as just a single person or the group of people I'm training now to use this protocol. But we can help you and your loved ones if you come to us. Well, we were told by creator that one out of three do not make it to the light upon yes. passing. That's yes. one-third of humanity. That's huge. Right. And it's not a question of character. It's not a question no. of, of punishment. I mean, they could be, you know, someone, you know, universally loved and cherished and have many friends and, and a loving family, but they have the misfortune of 
being tormented within, and so many are, because yes. they have karma. They've yeah. got other times and places where they had terrible struggles, and it carried over. And now it's an interior conflict going on, and the, the outside world may not even know it. And yes. also, you know, becoming more secular in your beliefs works against you also. Not because God will punish you for being an atheist, but because you will punish yourself by ignoring the spiritual. Right. And you won't be ready for your transition. And you won't think of reaching out to God. It's not one of the your things, beliefs. One of the things we have learned in this project is that, fortunately or unfortunately, <laughs> there are rules of engagement when it comes to the divine and our, our being down here to begin with. And one of those rules is, is that this is a free will zone. We're yes. down here to learn and explore on our own as much as possible without creator leading the way all the time. So if we want to, we have the opportunity to reach back to creator, to reach out and bring in assistance. But that's an exercise of our free will. It's not being imposed or forced on us. That's and right. as a result, there's road hazards that we yes. have to be cognizant of. And Well, uh, and, and Robin said this himself. You do not die with death of the body. You go on or you stay close by and flounder. There are many choices, and they are all yours to make. Yes. So yes. there we go. Preparation, taking up a spiritual perspective. And this doesn't mean you have to be a churchgoer even or a mosque attendee. It just means you have to find a way to partner with God and reach out and acknowledge it and ask it to help you and support you and guide you and protect you and heal you. It can be that simple. You don't need fancy rituals. You don't have to go to divinity school. But you need to make that gesture because it's all important. The yes. divine can only help the believers, unfortunately. They can do minimal help for the non-believers. This is part of the deal. It's a choice. If you choose to non-believe, you're choosing to not get divine help. You know, it's simple. It's it's you know, right. either you've got the road protection plan or you don't. <laughs> but but ironically, you know, you could be an atheist and if you die in a happy frame of mind, your chances of crossing over into the light are actually pretty good. So it really is a lot about the state of mind that you have at the time of death. I mean there's other That's implications right. too. There's karma, and there's a lot of other things as yes. well. But really the state of mind in which you pass is is very critical. Absolutely. And so, again, this points to the fact it's not a question of God punishing us for our choices. Right. It's, it's we who punish ourselves. If we cut ourselves off too much from a lifeline that we might well need, you know, if you can stand strong without being religious or spiritual, overtly, consciously, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Many people cannot. Many people who are religious and spiritual still struggle and suffer because Absolutely. there's too much old karma rattling around. And they don't know how to ask for help for that. And that's another free will choice they're making through ignorance. And so that's a long discussion, but you got to start somewhere. Well, coming up next, Robin Williams is going to share other secrets about mind alterations. Be sure to get our, our ebook on the Lightworker Healing Protocol, and you can learn about the training that's available at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be back with the last segment right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about the life of Robin Williams before and after. (laughs) The whole life. Uh, in this segment, uh, Ron Williams is going to share other secrets about mind alterations. Yes, well, this is this is going to be a, a shakeup for many people because it's pretty unusual, but not so unusual in the theme that runs through our radio program. There's more going on in the world than most people think. There is a hidden hand, there are hidden influences, and that includes extraterrestrial beings and they're a big reason why the world is such a mess so we're going to touch on that from something close to robin williams you know Uh so this this will be a surprise i think well let's get on to it you asked robin williams you gave a masterful portrayal of dr oliver sacks in the movie awakenings about his breakthrough treatment for encephalitis lethargica victims who had been in a catatonic state for decades after their childhood illness From your vantage point in the light, can you share with us about the true cause of that illness and why it caused a huge epidemic involving 5 million people in the 1920s, but is rarely seen today? This is what Robin tells us. This was a mysterious illness then and is mysterious today. It is not a viral illness per se. It is an intrusion on the mind of a kind of alien technology designed to alter the workings of the mind and cause impairment in a most diabolical fashion. This literally caused the individuals to go to sleep and to never fully reawaken. They could sit upright, they could at times walk and shuffle forward if there was a purpose that was guided or induced in them to do so, but otherwise were hidden from view entirely. So this is yet another example of what we were discussing earlier about the physically impaired, often housing an intact consciousness. This is the great revelation from the work of Dr. Sachs, portrayed in this film, in the story of his life in his book, that people suffering that condition were impaired, but unable to demonstrate their awareness of things. And this was a literal freezing of the mind in a state of suspension, 
and was engineered through a technological intervention energetically within the people. It was worsened by having a recent illness, but that was not the cause. It was a component of the debilitating condition that increased vulnerability to this external manipulation. We understand this will be quite shocking and will, for many, be a deal breaker in listening to this session with an attempt to have an open mind. But then this being the last straw for many. We are choosing to not shirk our duty here to advance the truth. This has been our mission all along, and you are giving me a renewed opportunity to continue my life mission. And for this, I am quite grateful because it is an additional karmic repayment I can make for the shortcomings I had during my lifetime. And so I'm happy to clarify this because it contains many lessons. The first being, things are never what they seem on the surface. This is a kind of living hell, and only a depraved being would purposefully attempt to do this to other sentient beings. I feel so deeply, as I did in that film, about people with this plight because of my history. This is what resonated for me the most about that role and being hired to portray Dr. Sachs and truly bringing an awakening for many of these victims with the advent of L-DOPA, at least for a while, to free them from their cage so they could once again express their thoughts as a living being with a working body. This is a metaphor and a real-world physical example of human beings brought to a state of supreme subjugation through artificial means for a savage and dastardly reason. And this is where they wish all to head. So this is a call to action for everyone hearing these words. This fate or many other fates are being arranged and planned for you by the interlopers seeking to drag you down. The dark spirits and their compatriots, the extraterrestrials who run things behind the scenes. You know, the word depraved is one that I don't think people really have thought about a lot. Uh, I know the definition that came through with sitting bull channeling was really profound. And basically the depraved definition that, that he offered was that it's a state of mind where the only way you can derive pleasure is by witnessing or instigating the suffering of others. Well, that fits the shoe perfectly, doesn't it? <laughs> it does indeed. Yeah. Uh, and it would be a truly depraved being that would wish that kind of uh, experience on anybody. Yeah. And that's the hallmark, you know, not only to be cruel and heartless and indifferent and dastardly and serving the self and making others suffer, but enjoying their suffering. Yeah. And maybe yeah. doing it on purpose because it causes suffering. Without yes. all that much gain personally, but you just like to torture and torment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's apparently uh, the motive. You know, they they, they literally quote unquote get off on it. You know? Yes, yes, and uh, that's definitely a problem for all of us. You asked Robin Williams, your diagnosis during your life of having developed Parkinson's disease was a revised post mortem to be that you suffered from Lewy body dementia. Can you please comment on the reasons people develop dementia and what can be done to help them? Indeed. And I was saving the main lesson and message of my struggle for this question because it illustrates it perfectly. 
I was in a state of dementia and a growing and worsening dementia, and that was a physiological condition. However, what science does not appreciate is that such physical conditions always have a karmic causation. There is a reason why the body is out of alignment, why the energies are not aligned to keep everything humming along in perfection. It can manifest through altered genetic expression, through mutation or dysregulation of physiologic function, through various worsenings promoted and enhanced, through faulty nutrition and environmental toxins of all kinds, as well as attacks of consciousness coming from many, many sources. And the beings around an individual and including their own negative thoughts as well. But all of those insults alone are usually not enough to cause a serious impairment of that kind. There is almost always a karmic breeding ground that attracts such things and creates a state of vulnerability. So it is the person vulnerable to that perfect storm of negative stimuli who develops a condition, whereas most do not. This solves a fundamental mystery, why many with a similar genetic makeup do not all have that malady that seems so causally related in a particular set of individuals. So this is karma in action. My state of mind, despite what was seen in the pathological findings at autopsy, was due to a decision made deep within me that I could no longer take the strain and stress of my life and particularly with the difficulty having to match, let alone surpass, my prior achievements. I could see that the arc of my productivity was going to shift and was plateauing, and the deep decision within my subconscious was to escape, to leave the scene. And that decision started a chain of events that altered my mind's functioning and began to shut itself down. This is ironic and, in a sense, diabolical, to create one's worst nightmare oneself. But yet people do this all the time. There are many people working as firemen who themselves have burned to death in prior lifetimes. This is a karmic predisposition to be in the line of fire because it is what one knows. It is in their energy in the warp and woof and in the karmic energies that are projected forward into the future. It is like a moth drawn to a flame. And so the manner of death I chose with all my resources financially, which could have been much smoother and less difficult and less unpleasant, I chose the one thing directly recapitulating my most recent state of torment, namely constricting the neck and impairing my function. This was a karmic setup and my dementia was a karmic setup as well. This is true of almost all people with dementia. There is a decision made deep within them, below conscious awareness. They want out. They want their life to be over, and they begin to shut down their faculties. This is happening internally and not perceived consciously. It is not a failing. It is not a character flaw. It's not even what you might call a weakness. It is a dilemma brought on by life, lives of great difficulty. All have been through tough times, horrific experiences in multiple lifetimes, Life today for most people on the planet is a cakewalk compared to what you've experienced and suffered in other incarnations. That is what you face deep within. It is the fear of those bad times 
and it might bring about suffering yet again to complete a cycle of victimization or actions as a perpetrator. So this is the lesson for cognitive decline, to look at the karma in the history and heal it. This can be done through the divine realm. It is not accessible for the most part through conventional medical approaches. You know, this is a theme that's, you know, weaving through much of the channelings and the work that we've done here with Get Wisdom and your channeling of Creator. Uh, karma, you know, karma is, is behind a lot of this stuff. And I think people need to realize that karma is a, is a mechanism for balancing out energy and that it's our job to try to kind of figure out how to do that balancing. And that's a job that spans multiple lifetimes. So the evidence that's there within our own psyche that we have work to do is the trauma you feel. Yes. You know, it's, it's the difficulties you have. But you don't have to do it alone. You can get help for that. That's what this well, mission is about as well. And it's really a divine level healing problem because people have little knowledge about how this comes about, how it works, and people don't even know how to enlist divine help in a most effective way. You you need to know something about what's needed as well as what the problem truly is, rather than Absolutely. just saying, help me, help me, help me. That's a low-level, weak response, no matter how dire the situation. So, so when we go in with our Lightworker Healing Protocol, we enlist all of the tools that we have been taught by the divine realm to bring in healing for such things. But I can tell you the paradigm is real. These people are not goners. They they are in lack of a functioning body. Their mind right. is still there inside them. So I've, I've worked with some people with Alzheimer's and I channeled them. They can be talked to and I can do some karmic repair for the deep subconscious part of the mind. That doesn't depend on the brain. It's not created by the brain in the first place. Right. So it, it, it's, it's very much like a stroke victim that loses the ability to speak or move the body. They have a little different profile because they have some motor function still, but they're not able to communicate and let the outside world know. They know what's going on. So they, you shouldn't park them in front of a kiddie show on TV all day long. Give them stimuli they can relate to. Their body and mind is intact in there. And this, th there's so much more people need to learn to do right by these folks and to bring in healing for them. It can come through the divine. Even if you just slow things down, it, it's a blessing. Absolutely. So, so there's lots to be done here to help our fellow humans. And karma is like a perturbed energy. So... The, the task is it needs to be unperturbed and divine is willing to help with that but you got it you got to ask that's always the, the caveat yeah and we're talking to lots of light beings about all kinds of dilemmas like this that we're clueless about so if you go on our website you can see channelings we did recently and frank we've done a bunch of different presidents we did jfk and he explained the assassination why it was done and how we talked to jackie kennedy we talked to grace kelly nostradamus ronald reagan Henry yep. Ford, George H.W. Bush, Walt Disney, Eva Perone, Michael Jackson, Queen Victoria, on and on. And, and many, many more. Carl, we're yeah. out of time. All right. Uh, be sure to check us again next week as we bring more Get Wisdom to you. Thanks again, Carl. Appreciate everything you're doing. Be well. Thank 
you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 